Guantanamo or Gitmo has held many hundreds of men accused of terrorism against the U.S. in connection with the 9-11-2001 attack. Most were innocent of any crime. Several dozen remained at the prison on the Cuban island. They have been imprisoned there for 17 years in limbo, beyond judicial recognition. I'm Alan Winson, and I hung out with the Witness Against Torture protesters at the First Trinity Lutheran Church on E and 4th Streets throughout the week. This is the fourth and final special Bar Crawl radio report on the Watt week-long actions. January 11th. This was the big day of protest to raise awareness of the anniversary of the opening of the Gitmo prison on this day in 2002. Mid-morning, Witness Against Torture members lined up in their orange prison jumpsuits outside the First Lutheran Church on E and 4th Streets and slow-marched to the Longworth Building for a congressional briefing organized by Amnesty International on Guantanamo. Though the room was full, there were very few congressional representatives. At noon, the march continued to New America, a center-left-leaning think tank for a panel on Guantanamo with three activist experts on Gitmo and what's to follow. Then at 2 p.m., Watt protesters marched to the White House for a rally and a candlelight service. Then there was a long march back to the hostel, stopping at the Trump International Hotel in the old post office building and at D.C.'s Central Holding Jail, where five Watt members had spent the night after the Supreme Court protest on Tuesday. Then, followed by a line of police vehicles, we don't know why, a slow walk back to the hostel to break their fast. Mediterranean cuisine, Lebanese taverna, it was a joyous moment for these tireless and hungry men and women. Here are the sounds of the day. But today we're here because 40 men remain there, 40 men that continue to resist and Khalid, this image, I don't know if people know this image, but we held it two years ago in 2017, an act of resistance. He drew this image and held it out his cell, and there was a picture of it on the media, but he wrote to us after that, telling us that he wasn't quite sure, but he believed he saw his image at a protest on January 11th. And this was it. This was us communicating with our, our Muslim brothers across oceans, across systems of oppression. I want us to ground this moment in which we're together. Not, surround, not outside, not surrounded by police, not in front of cameras or, or the, the, the hustle and bustle of a day of action, but instead just in this moment, together gathered with our spirits grounded in the human dignity that we're struggling for, uh, to sing this song as we do, we'll kind of just hold this song in, a, in, a, in the way that we, we let it be born here in this circle, we'll try to nurture it throughout the day. We hold on to hope, we hold on to dignity, we hold on to this struggle. We're gonna do the work of revealing what we hope for to the world uh, today. Maybe it'll be strangers passing by, maybe it'll be who people see it online, and we're gonna say, wow, despite this terrible situation we find ourselves in, we're actually believing that no matter what, we will win. There will be a world without prisons, a world without borders, and something in us, just like something in the men in Guantanamo has seen that. So we're going to sing these words. If we could first say, we've seen the future. We've seen the future. We've seen the other side. We've seen the other side. There will be no
I like that, that saying. Say what you mean. Don, can, can we talk and walk? Sure, if you want. Could you just um, kind of explain what we're doing right now? Uh, we're walking over to the Longworth building. Uh, we're going to hear a, a briefing for the congressman uh, on uh, Yemen. However, I'm not sure how many Congress people will actually be there, but we're giving it a shot, give it a try. And we went to the Senate building, or you all went to the Senate building uh, yesterday and invited the congressmen or the, their staff to attend this event, yes? Yes, there, there, are, there were probably uh, 40 of us, maybe a little less, on the Hill, trying to talk, of course it's impossible, trying to talk to all the representatives and all the senators about coming to this uh, briefing today. How many will show up? Like I said, we'll, we don't really know, but we're hoping for the best. In 2005, I sat in my isolation cell in Camp Echo. And it took 10 years for that manuscript to be declassified so that it could be the story of my special project, interrogation of the world. and I'm with Amnesty International uh, and today we had a congressional briefing that featured a panelist a panel um, of all women who are fighting against uh, the ongoing operations at Guantanamo and uh, also featuring a former Guantanamo detainee who is now a human rights activist uh, and what I feel like we accomplished is that uh, we put we brought visibility to the ongoing issue of Guantanamo, which enters its, uh, it has been open for 17 years as of today. Um, and what we really want to do is put it back on the agenda for the 116th Congress. Uh, for too long have human rights abuses been going on at the detention center, uh, and we're really counting on this new Congress to work with us to curb Trump's worst impulses and any possibility of the uh, population at Guantanamo expanding. Who do you think is going to be the best leverage to move this forward? Well, I feel very hopeful about the new Democrats in Congress. Uh, of course, we have to do our best to hold them accountable and push them uh, to live up to our ideals and especially of the, of the policy platform of the Justice Democrats in particular. Uh, and I feel very excited about Representative Ro Khanna. He's been a, a major champion on this issue. Uh, I also feel excited about um, Representative Nadler. But in terms of the new folks in Congress, uh, I'm personally very excited. Um, uh, you know, as a, as a young woman, but also as someone fighting for justice for the men in Guantanamo, uh, about Rashida Tlaib and uh, Ilhan Omar, the first Muslim women in Congress. I really think that they can be champions on this issue. Their voices are important and remarkable because Guantanamo is not just a human rights issue, it is an issue rooted in Islamophobia. And I think that they can be at the forefront, and all of us here, the hundred plus people who attended this event, will be behind them to support them to push the necessary congressional oversight that we need to defund the center, the prison, and shut it down. It seems so obvious. It does seem so obvious, and it's been obvious for 17 years now, unfortunately. And, and, and so hidden. Yes, exactly. And so that's why it's exactly why we need congressional oversight, because Guantanamo has been operating shrouded in secrecy with an absolute lack of accountability, and it's time to change that. So you were just listening to Amnesty International. What was the most inspiring piece of information you just received? Well, to see Mohammed uh, Abu. And who is he? He is a person who wrote uh, the the big book on uh, Git, on Gitmo, and it's most of it is I mean much of it is redacted, but he um, t tells nevertheless lots of the story of uh, unfair imprisonment. And he was in Gitmo. Absolutely, for eight years, was it, or six years? Six years, and never charged or anything, as most of the guys, well, all of the guys, 780, were released, except 40 now, that which are being held. And most of them, except maybe five, who have not actually been tried or anything for the uh, trade tower uh, business, 
anyway, um, most of them deserve to be released too. And it's just at a stalemate right now. So the need is to get out there for all of us to uh, reactivate Congresses, especially the new Congress, uh, their, their uh, hearts and minds toward the needs for, uh, to close Guantanamo. Uh, and it's really an opportune moment right now because Trump is thinking about possibly sending some of the folks from ISIS and all those who have been captured in, this, in Syria uh, to Gitmo. Anyway, and that would just exacerbate the problem more and more and more and more. So, uh, but especially for the guys who are innocent, who have never been charged, who have not seen their loved ones face to face. Uh, you know, for all these years, 17 years. Um, so, and, and then the health state, the medical needs of these guys. Um, and some of them, you know, they're getting old and they're sick. They're sick. So they need medical care and they can't get that adequately at least. And so Amnesty is trying to really push uh, several, several uh, issues in regard to these guys who, first of all, have never been charged. <laughs> I, I was amazed to hear that there's a man there who's over 70. Yeah, 74 or something like that, um, who has been there the 17 years. Um, the, the other thing I found interesting was that a prison, in fact, has a toll on people over 50 in uh, a way that it doesn't younger people. Yeah, the degenerative nature of imprisonment, period, and then to be tortured, besides. So, yeah, um, I mean... <laughs> I keep thinking if it were my blood brother, how would I be pushing and pushing and pushing and maybe even giving my life for um, these guys. Mm. And they are my brothers. Mm. They are. Um, so, you know, it certainly has renewed my efforts to get out there and speak more on behalf of these men. And I want to thank them. <laughs> for uh, trusting that there are people like us who care about them um, and not giving up hope. Maybe they'll see some of the uh, protests that's going to happen later in the day over by the I White House. So. I hope so. I don't know, but their lawyers definitely will and will try to transfer that knowledge to them. We we'll usually get a message from the lawyers of those guys who are very aware of it and are in, encouraged by it all. And you'll, you'll let us know at Barbara Radio that uh, you do, if you do get those messages? I, well, yes, hopefully, and Ellen, through your podcast especially. Great. Um, yes, thanks, Ellen, very, Thank you, very much. Thank you very much. All right. Said to us, and then you were arrested yeah. outside the office? Um, yeah, well, then we were arrested outside the, in the office. Hallway or? In the hallway? We were arrested in the hallway because this officer convinced us that we would have lower charges. So we have some sort of charge of, I think it's obstructing or incommoding traffic. So you still it's a misdemeanor. sat in, but you changed where yeah, exactly you were Yeah, we just changed where we in front of the office instead of in the in front office. Of yeah. McConnell's office. Yeah, so I know, you know, maybe it was a good idea, maybe it wasn't, I don't know, but I kind of went along with Don's lead because he was our passionate person behind the action. And then we were in the, we were held for a few hours, and, you know, it really, really wasn't the worst experience. We were talking about being arrested yesterday, I was talking with Alan about it. You know, I feel as a white person, as a woman, and as an older person, I mean, it's not a piece of cake, but it's a little less risky than it is for a person of color, or God forbid, a Muslim person. I'm here with Anthony, who's trying to wash his hands. What, what, did you learn anything from this uh, event? Oh, yeah, it's so powerful, I tell you. Can make you cry um, when you just stop for a moment and think about what these guys have been going through and to hear the lawyer that goes down and to realize that's the only face these guys see except for their, the folks incarcerating them. It's, it's just amazing. Uh, so it's very profound. I'm really um, happy that people are doing this. People are keeping this alive. We really can't. It's uh, yeah, kind of almost speechless about this one. Yeah, true. Bring, brings it home. Uh, I've not seen their family. I yeah. can't imagine. Yeah, yeah. Not being with my family for 
or, a year. Or knowing that any human to, being is thinking of you or cares or, you know, it's it just, yeah, it's mm -hmm. so tough, so tough. So uh, it's really an honor to be here and to get all that information that, you know, what's happening right now, and uh, especially from the lawyer, I thought she, it was just great hearing from her. Yep. So very Good. invaluable. Thank we, you. We're, we're leaving the bathroom now. We're not leaving the bathroom. This is my first bathroom interview on Bar Crow Radio. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. Line on this side, when you go out to the door to the left, we're going to get in our line and we're going we're gonna to head out to process. Uh, now is the time, just a last reminder, to drink water and use the bathroom. If you didn't do that, if anybody, does, can anyone raise their hand if they need a couple more minutes before we leave? So what I'm seeing then is that everybody's ready to leave. And so uh, as this gentleman asked us to get out, take, take our, ourselves outside, what we'll do is walk out to the left and we'll make sure all the guys will make sure everybody's in a line on, on this side of the building. Molly. Molly and the group. The final protest event, a march to the White House. In that spirit of bringing the presence of the detainees to the front of the White House. I want to help you with the next. Silent, silence as we have throughout the week. We're going to process in front of this White House. We're bringing each detainee who's inside of Guantanamo. We're bringing those who are detained in immigrant detention, those who are detained in prison. That's sacred work. Thank you for doing it with your body in that jumpsuit, with your spirit, with your thoughts. So let's get centered right now in a good way. Take a deep breath in and a breath out. Now with our, our silent presence, we're gonna slowly process in front of the White House. We don't have a huge crowd. But for Facebook it'll, Live, it'll help Facebook for the, yeah. yeah, having it amplified will for help. Facebook Live. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay, do we use it? I'll, uh, I'll get it set up. For what's about to happen, just this exact space, the people will probably come to about here. So yeah. just, just One job to do, and I did it. So, you know, you very you successful. It. Always good to have the permit. You guys are planning to stay till 6 p.m.? Uh, we were going to stay till the government shuts down, but... Yeah. I guess. Or it opens up or shuts down? <laughs> no, it shuts down. Is it not shut down? <laughs> they have to eventually shut the like, prison well, if the government stays shut down. What's the name of your guys' demo? Uh, your title? Is the title on uh, there? Yeah. Shut down Guantanamo, close Guantanamo. Yeah, the close Guantanamo. 17th anniversary of Guantanamo. It's gotcha. one of those. Why it was sent over here to stand with that document? Yeah. Uh, you know? Well, we're 
You guys don't plan any uh, civil disobedience, right? I don't know. I, I don't know. No one plans on getting arrested. I don't plan on it. All right. I saw. I know. I only know what's in the permit. You guys plan on going to the avenue at all or no? I really don't know the answer. At the end, we'll process out. At the end. Okay. Are you the head of it? I'm one of the other. Okay. Appreciate it. To show love, to pray for, to be enraged about injustice because of the situation of our family who are detained inside the prison at Guantanamo Bay because of their families, because of their parents, their children, their cousins, their loved ones who miss them, we've decided to come here because we know what love is. We know what having a family is. We know what it is to smile at somebody and feel that smile return. We know what it is to feel joyful at the sun. And that means we know enough to be enraged at the injustice that is happening right now in Guantanamo Bay that has been happening for 17 years. So before anything else, thank you for your presence in this place, in this moment. You decided to be here and we are grateful. Let's treat each other with that gratitude and with that love and with that kindness today. Because we are together in that decision to be here, to turn our gaze toward those who are detained. Thank you for that. And we want to acknowledge the land on which we stand and the original peoples of this land. You want to take a deep breath in, deep breath out, and ask for permission to be here in a good way, to honor life, to speak truth, and to feel our connection. The two of us will be your MCs today, so we'll go ahead and introduce ourselves. My name is Luaya of the Peace Poets. Hi, everybody. I'm, my name is Aliyah Hussein. I work at the Center for Constitutional Rights. Uh, we, um, we represent a number of current and former detainees. I want to thank you all for being here on, and on behalf of our clients who are detained at Guantanamo. Excuse me. Can I talk to you? No, thanks. Um, the first person we have up is Reverend Ron Steed with the National Religious Campaign Against Torture. Excuse me. Can I talk to you? Can you tell me what you're seeing right now? Um, I'm witnessing the bravery of American citizens who are willing to stand up on behalf of human and moral rights across the world, and in particular holding our government accountable for the immorality that is Guantanamo Bay. It sounds like you know something about this issue. Uh, well, for starters, I'm a citizen, um, and I believe that everything that is done um, on behalf of the citizenry should be something that I'm involved in, um, that I'm also involved professionally. I'm a uh, attorney in training at the Center for Constitutional Rights. That's great. Can you give your, at least your first name? Aya Saeed. Yeah. Next we have uh, my colleague Aya Saeed from the Center for Constitutional Rights who will talk um, a bit about some of our clients um, and also the work we're doing to uh, close Guantanamo. Please help me welcome Aya. I'd like to start by leading um, some of one of our clients, Sharkawi Al-Khaj, is writing. It has become our destiny now to die without being guilty of any wrongdoing, knowing that even in death, which would relieve us from this injustice and suffering, is out of our reach. <laughs> History will become a witness to the failure of those who believe that human beings have the right to lead a free and honorable life. Here we are, just dying slowly, under continuous psychological tor torture while the world is watching. <laughs> Mr. Al-Hajj, the world may be watching, but some of us are not watching silently. And what we'll do every day is demand that the evil that's committed in our name by the evil that's living in that White House yeah. is held Yay. accountable to Let all the immorality that it continues to perpetuate under American empire. And let me just put this out there so that you know everyone who's asking, well, it's legal, it's not illegal. This 
prison is unconstitutional, That's it's right. illegal, right. and uh -huh. more importantly, it's immoral yeah. and it's inhumane. Yeah. And that yeah. is what yeah. we're yeah. demanding yeah. Yeah. for right. its closure. The law, quite simply, will never deliver us liberation and freedom from the evils of that man. The problem is we're living under what we now see is a permanent war where men are being held indefinitely. But what I do hope is that their perseverance, their resilience, their sort of will to get up each and every day to participate in hunger strikes inspires us to continue dreaming of a different world, imagining of a different reality, and may that kind of light continue to guide us forever. Thank you. I'd like to welcome up Andy Worthington. Um, Andy's been a steadfast ally in the work to close Guantanamo. He's devoted so much of his career to writing about the men there and bringing attention to the issue, and he's come all the way from the UK. Okay, you know the score. What's going on, America? 17 years is 6,210 days. I've been counting. With the Close Guantanamo campaign that I'm part of, we set up a clock, the Gitmo clock. It counts in real time how long Guantanamo is open. So 6,210 days today. That's 6,210 days of shame for every decent American. And I know gathered today here, you're all decent Americans. Every day this prison is open is a source of shame for all decent people. Because this isn't an ordinary prison where people have been tried and convicted. This isn't an, a, a, war, a war prison where people are taken off the battlefield and held, protected by the Geneva Conventions until the end of hostilities. This is a place where people were taken to in the first place so that they could be held absolutely without any rights whatsoever as human beings. And although some amazing legal battles have been fought to give them rights, those who ended up with them still essentially having no rights now and being the, play, the mere playthings of Donald Trump. Who would want to be a mere plaything of this disgusting man who's in the White House? Who has contempt for the law? Who has contempt for Muslims? Forty men are still held at Guantanamo. Five of them were approved for release under Obama by high-level government review processes, but they didn't get out under him. Trump has no intention of releasing them. Where's the legal mechanism that will enforce their release? There isn't one. These are political prisoners. They're Donald Trump's personal prisoners. How do we put up with this? There are nine men in Guantanamo who are facing trials in the broken, farcical trial system called the military commissions. That is incapable of delivering justice, but at least some effort is being made through that front. The rest of the men held there, 26 others, the mainstream media called them forever prisoners. Because the US government under Obama said, these men are too dangerous to release, but we don't have the evidence to put them on trial. Doesn't sound like evidence to me. Under pressure, Obama set up a parole type process to review them. Parole normally is when you've been convicted of something. These men have been convicted of nothing. But if they could present a case that they wanted to reconstruct their lives afterwards in a peaceful manner, then he would release them. He did release three dozen of them. This system, the PRBs, nominally exists under Donald Trump. But guess what? There hasn't been a single prisoner approved for release under the PRBs since he took office. Why would that be? I would say it's because he's politicized them out of their function. So there's no way out. We are here today with some good spirit, my friends. I can see it amongst us. And an anger that I've got that I hope is echoed in many of you. We had one year of Trump and we were pretty down last year. Two years of Trump is much, much worse. So let's get angry, let's get indignant. And let's say to the man in the White House who claims to be the President of the United States that amongst his many, many other crimes, the crime of not closing Guantanamo is one that we're not going to forget. That's right, that's right. noise. Thank you. Shelby Sullivan Venice works with the organization Reprieve. They've been one of the first organizations uh, defending men at Guantanamo. She really is a front lines um, lawyer and advocate, um, is, spends days and weeks sometimes at Guantanamo sitting It's very important to me that we set aside space and time to discuss who they are. They themselves have identities. If you've noticed uh, the attention that their artwork has gotten, that is an expression of their individuality and who they are as people. 
So their artwork was on display for the first, one of the first times at a major gallery in New York. Um, it got press attention even more so when the government's response was to close down the art program effectively, uh, prohibiting my clients from giving their art to me and letting me give it to the world. It was such an affront. It was exactly what we expected them to do, frankly. Not being forgotten is the preeminent concern. It's been over a, a, an average life sentence that these men have served, Mo and most of them have never been charged with a crime, and those that have have been charged with a crime in a system that is illegal. To not be known as a, quote, anonymous human, rounded up illegally, paid a bounty for, brutally tortured, and never given a trial, one client said to me, but to be known for who I am. And that artwork and that first gallery have provoked many more opportunities to share details about who they are. Creative, humble, bright, loyal, kept from their families for decades and who have frankly made families amongst themselves. None of my clients have ever expressed an honest expectation of release. One of them is turning 72 this coming year and in his own words he expects to die in Guantanamo having never seen his family. Ahmed Rabani, who's a Pakistani who's been there for 16 years now. Um, he spent over a year in black sites, brutally tortured, and is one of our prolific artists. In referring to the, a painting of several empty glasses coupled together, um, he said the following. It's about a family of empty glasses. Life without a family has no meaning, shape, or soul. One day those empty glasses shall be filled with love, security, warmth, and contentment. And referring to his artwork being seen, he says, quote, I can't deny that I was tearful when I read about the events, which boost my spirit and encourage me to adore art and think that I am being heard. I consider it a manifestation of my feelings and emotions, and if this is to be my only reward in life, then it would be enough. Getting a little bit, a little bit chilly, and I see our folks moving to stay warm. We want to support you in that. We got to combine our protests and our movement right now. So we're gonna go ahead and just get our feet like we marching up and down. Here we go. We're gonna. I'm gonna teach y'all a really simple song, and it's time right now to talk about. As they're talking about building walls, we're going to talk about tearing them down, am I right? So let me hear you say, tear down. Tear down these walls. Keep those feet going. Let's go. Let's do this. We're going to get warm out here. That includes our folks here in our jumpsuits. We're going to go ahead and just march. We're going to make the ground shake, remind ourselves of our power. So say, tear down. Tear down these walls. There is no freedom without freedom for all. Tear down, tear down, tear down these walls. There is, there is no freedom without freedom for all. Sing that, tear down, come on, tear down. So thank you all for being here um, yet another year. Um, I have to say it's quite depressing because nothing seems to be changing and unfortunately I don't think anything's gonna change anytime soon. There are 40 men who are currently detained at Guantanamo. That's not a huge number. That's about the amount of people we have up here today. And Guantanamo can often seem impossible, like there's no solution. Um, but we really are talking about a small number of people, and the path forward is possible. For those of you who may not know who Amr Khadr is, he was a child who was detained at Guantanamo at the age of 15, and he is the only child who has ever been convicted of war crimes. He's also a Canadian citizen. He was repatriated to Canada. He's now on bail, and in December, um, he went to the courts to get his bail restrictions loosened, and they denied him um, that request. And so it's been a really hard journey for Omar Khadr, particularly because he is considered a war criminal. And this is egregious. He was 15 at the time of detention. And so we have to remember the ways in which Islamophobia has really deeply been embedded into the system. Because had he not been Muslim, had he been a child who wasn't Muslim, who you know, practice some other faith, he more than likely would have never been in Guantanamo, right? So let me start with the statement that he sent. Assalamu alaikum and hello. 17 years ago, the cells of Guantanamo opened, revealing the true ugly face of Islamophobia. 
I spent most of my youth in Guantanamo, and my humanity was nurtured by the same faith and people that this place was created to imprison. The plight of Guantanamo hasn't ended, not even for some of the people who were released. Guantanamo is a mark. Once branded with it, it will always be with you. Men in there deprived of their freedom and tortured, and those who've been released are restricted from freedoms, labeled terrorists, and denied the peace required to move on with their lives. One of the most important things that I have come to learn through the last 17 years is that as individuals, we cannot be quiet and expect or assume that governments will treat us as human beings. I've come to learn that just because it's a right, it does not mean it will be given to you without fighting for it. I've learned that we must all stand together hand in hand and fight for each other's right to be treated as human beings. To all those who remain in Guantanamo, I say we have not forgotten you. We will pray for you and fight for you until you are reunited with your families and loved ones, inshallah. And to those who are striving for the truth, I plead, stand firm and do not give up. Thank you for your time. Wa alaykum as -salam. We're gonna get justice from the system. We're gonna take justice, right? right. We're gonna make a space for justice. Yes. We're gonna continue to call for justice. Yes. We're gonna call for justice for Muslims, yes. right? Yes. What do we do when Muslims are under attack? I want to hear louder. What do we do when Muslims are under attack? One more time. What do we do when Muslims are under attack? Thank you. We love you, So I want to thank those people who have been all week um, dressed in these orange jumpsuits, many of you fasting in the cold, and being the moral grounding of what we want our our government to be like. But in the meantime, there have been two constants with Guantanamo. One is the injustice, and the other is the hope and the resilience and the spirit. Um, Omar Khadr's words of imagining a day of justice. I've sat across men at Guantanamo um, for years, and they've always told me not to lose hope because they haven't lost hope. Um, and so with hope and resilience and a lot of hard work and organizing, um, I think we'll see light at the end of, end of the tunnel one day, I hope. We're going to sing one more song, and as we sing this song, we're going to process into this space here behind us in front of the White House. We're going to bring a dream of a different world. This is not the one that we've been given. This is the one that we are building and I need you to believe in that even if it's only for the next 20 minutes and then you're gonna go read the news and feel heartbroken you're not gonna do that right now now is the time for you to close Guantanamo we center in this moment those who are inside the 40 men still inside Guantanamo so that's why they're in the middle of this circle right now that's why they came here dressed in orange jumpsuits and black hoods to remind us that they are real and they are here so thank you for joining us in this ritual. What we want to invite you to do is we sing that song as a mantra. We're going to invite you to come up and take a light and put it in the hands of one of the detainees. And I'm going to ask the detainees to go ahead and turn outward towards the circle now. So I want to hear y'all say, we have seen the future. We have seen the future. And I'm going to need you to say it like you actually really, really, really need a different future than the current reality we have. Say, we've seen the future. We've seen the future. Now I want you to say, as if you could see across time and there's a beautiful thing on that other side, so you get kind of excited about it. You say, we've seen the other side. We've seen the other side. I know you're cool, but you're more excited than that to see a land of peace, a land of dignity. You say, we've seen the other side. Thank you so much for being here. Go ahead and lift up your hoods now. You're always bleeding hearts for somebody else. Well, shame on you. I have not seen one liberal actually do anything for their own fellow Americans. Excuse me, can I just say that my friends knew the journalists that you're talking about who died in Syria. And we stand up for them as we do the men in Guantanamo. I will stand up for Americans, but I will not stand up to represent, to act like these people in Guantanamo were a bunch of innocents. They've been, they were innocent, they've been they detained be without charge. Let me tell you, they blow people up, left, right, and center. And you bother learning a couple of facts, lady? A lot of them are innocent. Always for the bleeding hearts. Jeez, it's like 
if you take those orange jumpsuits off, I'd be happy. But shame on you. Did you ever look at the pictures of some of the men they have massacred? I have. You're always for somebody else. I'm for all of humanity. Even you. Even you. You sit around tell us That might be true. I was thinking of interviewing her, but I don't know what the point would be. She has nothing to say. She has nothing to say. She's not willing to talk to you or like listen to what the dialogue have a dialogue. There's no dialogue there. But if you do engage her one-on-one, -on -one, then her voice will lower, so no, she won't be. Maybe I should try. No, she did, she did that for a second, right? Like, yeah. yeah, but it's not worth like. I'm I'm a podcaster from New York City. I'm a media. I have my card out. Can can I talk with you? But I, I will only talk if we don't yell. I will try. You guys can have a discussion. It's your right to have a discussion. If I don't, I you can't stir up in anything. Don't I understand. I just want to have a discussion. Yeah, if, if you want to have a discussion. Right. Go ahead. Hello. Can you just tell me your first name? My name is Carolyn. Carolyn, hi. You seem very upset. I'm very upset. Oh, what's going on here? Yes. Tell me, tell me first off, just quietly while we just, you and me, my name's Alan. Mm -hmm. I'm with Bark Roll Radio. I have a podcast in New York City. Right. What are you seeing here right now? I've told you about 20 times. I see a bunch of men in orange with in orange jumpsuits with black bags on their head. And I see a bunch of people going around worrying about, oh, they've never been charged, these terrorists, never been charged with anything. But you know what? I never see any of you leftists ever, ever spend five seconds caring about those that line of men that were dressed up in orange with back bags, just like these people are, and their heads were cut off on national television by ISIS. And for you guys to dress like this, is outrageous. It's inexcusable. Carolyn, what do you think they, they, why are they doing this, do you think? Well, you told me why they're doing it. Because you believe that the people that haven't been charged should be released because they're innocent because they haven't been charged. Being well, innocent and not being charged are two completely different things. And I honestly don't know any specifics on any of the cases you're relating to. Okay. And that so is not the issue. As I told you the first time, I am not complaining about your right to say, hey, if somebody's not charged, you have a right to complain about. What I am complaining about is the outrageous way you're displaying it. If someone's it. not charged, whoever they are, you're not charged. What and did I tell you? I keep telling you, no. you seem to have a problem hearing. I am outraged. At your Alan, portrayal. I don't want to be rude to you because you seem like a nice guy. You seem like a I very gentle a nice guy. guy. My wife thinks so. But <laughs> what I am upset about for the 15th time is that you are portraying these people as innocent victims in Guantanamo Bay, which they may or may not be, but you dress them. Do you have any them. problem with that, with them being innocent well, of course or, no being, or being not well, charged? Well, what I, I don't know. As I told you 14 times, I do not know if there is. All I know is you say they haven't been charged. But not being charged and being innocent are two very different things. Yes. Is that the way that they're dressed reminds her of how innocent people were killed by ISIS. Does it remind were, me? That's exactly get, how they were well, dressed. Well, they, they were wearing the same cl clothing. So and right. the black bag on exactly their heads. That. So that, that's her point. Yeah. So it reminds so I don't think that. You don't it reminds me it is what they so were dressed you, as. You don't have any problems with the, I told them the, the, fifth the, time. the protest itself no. or the message they're trying to give. No. But you have a problem with the demonstration of how, the appear, how they the have used of, appear as that yeah. imagery. Those, yeah, these those people I know have nothing men. to do yeah. with ISIS. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's like if innocent people were killed in blue T-shirts and then people were <laughs> wearing blue T-shirts. It it's the... It's, the, it's so, so disrespectful. The, the, the visual... I, 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 I am sure they would say they're sorry that that relationship is. I have told you guys that 15 times over and over again. Yeah. That you guys should not have dressed like that because so many innocent people were murdered by ISIS. Dressed exactly well, like that on national equally, television. Equally, and people in Guantanamo Bay, as you said, may or may not be innocent. We don't know. But they also dress like that. They as don't well. have bags over their heads. So do some football teams dress like that as well. But we can't. Yeah. You know. There comes a point, I love everybody, but my people come first. I'm not worried so much about terrorists in Guantanamo Bay. I'm assuming there's a reason they're there. Um, some of them um, have actually been proven to be innocent. They just got got it wrong, like you know. Just well, if, they, if they're innocent, then they would have released. But no, them. I'm not. I wouldn't say. It seems some, like some they would, been. but some they have been. Some of them have been released. Yeah. So, so what's the problem? They've been if they're innocent, they've been released. I, don't I, I, I mean, what I'm saying is, I'm not saying all of them are innocent. I, 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 I wouldn't know because I, I haven't, yeah, you know, sort of had any 
yeah. you know, chat with them. So like I wouldn't know. Yeah. But I'm sure just like anyone that goes to trial, some are innocent, some are guilty. So I think yeah. what they're trying to say is some of them are innocent. Give them a fair trial, and if they're innocent, right. then let them go. Right. And yeah. some just have like the regular found... people, just in a different. Well, I'm, I'm curious now as to what possible reasoning, and they must have given you some reasoning if you checked into this, as to why they have denied them. Um, a trial. That's a good question. And um, if they're innocent, yeah. Carolyn, an excellent question. Then what is the answer? We don't have an answer. They, well, they must they have told you something. They tell me they don't have. There is no answer from the government on why five people out of the forty that are there have been proven innocent by the uh, military court, and yet are still there. And they've been there for years now, have, and being allowed to be released. Uh -huh. They've been given the right to be released, but yet they're kept there. Carolyn, a good question. And I agree with you. Why? Well, if and that's why we're asking the protesting, we should have found out. Do you know how much Guantanamo Bay costs? Like how much? What? It, it costs $11 million a year for each of the 40 prisoners. And did you just say that some of them actually had, to, had a trial, but then... There were five that years ago, yeah. they were found innocent yeah. uh, of just being picked up by... Accidentally. Accidentally, yeah. they they were paid off to you know to, to kind to of be turned in, in. Yeah. found innocent, sure. and have still remained in Guantanamo. Right. Okay. And and there is no government. Uh, this is what I've learned. Right. Okay. There is no government agency that is available to yeah. give them an answer. And that's kind of where we are right, now, and I that's see. why they're so upset. Right. And I understand Carolyn seeing the armed yeah, suits. But, the, but I mean, to, no to, 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 to second on Car the second on Carolyn's point. You know, wearing these orange orange suits over here peacefully is, is, is disturbing enough. But if they're actually innocent, they have to wear I them all the time. Imagine people are just being helped. Can I see your name, sir? Ravi. Ravi. Yeah. Are you uh, are you a tourist? Tourist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you might be media because no, you have a nice no, camera no, there. No, I'm just taking pictures. Do you know. That <laughs> where, where are you from, Ravi? Uh, London. Oh, great. Yeah. Interesting thing to come upon, right? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't expecting a protest, but. Well, thank you for trying to get some dialogue going yeah, on here. Yeah, it's okay. No, thank you. Thank okay. you. Uh, nice to meet you, Caroline. You too. You Take want to hear one more statistic? Yeah, go for it. Okay, where is it? Okay, $25 million was spent at Guantanamo Bay last year. You know what? Why? To give them a new soccer field. These poor terrorists. What are you reading from, Carolyn? Oh, there's some statistics yeah, what, that what I, I have. Don't, what I think is unfair is, like, if they've not had a trial, then calling somebody a terrorist without having a fair trial, I think that's also wrong. So... Well, you know, uh, let's because I, I can call him a terrorist, oh. but I don't know if he is or not. Right. I can say you, I can say you like cheeseburgers, but you may not like. Cheeseburgers. And if you were to turn me into the government as a terrorist, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then I we might be two, in an orange suit in Guantanamo. Yeah, but exactly, anyway, yeah. I've got an orange T-shirt at home <laughs> from Holland, from the national football. Team. I don't know football that you play. Right, it's orange, right? They're not wearing that around here. Carolyn, I, I got to take off. Thank you. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Come here. Come here. I'm really a nice person. We're, really we're all nice people. We're all nice people. I get to talk to you. You guys, no thank problem. you for your help. I apologize, but you know, I have watched. Solidarity, may it strengthen our resistance. Mm -hmm. Mostly, may it strengthen our love for liberation, yes. our love for freedom. Mm -hmm. Ashe. Thank you to the folks who gathered all the food. I think Maha and... All right, all right, the food is waiting for you. About two or three people ahead of you. What is that first bite going to be like? 
Well, it is the it is the moment yes. of true communing with my stomach. <laughs> yeah, because it's been and not your mouth. It doesn't yeah. like happening. Well, it is chewing is actually one of the big things you miss. We were talking about chewing. Yeah, the lack of chewing is one. I mean, of, I love eating so much. It's my second favorite thing. It looks do. really Sleeping good. Sleeping is my first favorite thing, and number two is eating, eating. and then everything else. Is all like Sex number anywhere in there? Yeah, it's all in there with number three. <laughs> okay. Yeah, all those things. Okay. So, yeah, sleep, you can't beat it. <laughs> Eating, like... You're life. getting old, Mike. No, all those other things are all great, too. Okay. Right? okay. Enjoy. Mike, you've been fasting, right? Yes, I have. What are you looking forward to right now? Uh, all this wonderful food that's... Uh, what, what looks really good? The middle, uh, well, the... The falafel looks great. The pita looks great. Um, the grape leaves look wonderful. Go eat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk after. <laughs> well, what looks good to you? Uh, I think the uh, falafels look great. Uh, the tabbouleh looks good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else. Nothing looks bad. Uh, it looks I gotta all go. good. <laughs> yeah, go, go, go. How you feeling? Pretty good. What, are you ready to eat? I am. Yeah? So what looks good on the table here? Liberation. <laughs> go have some liberation I'm gonna, food. I'm going to rock that falafel. There we go. Here. Looks good. So, Lou, you hungry? Yeah. Are you really? I'm finna hungry. Yeah? So what is that first bite going to be like? Well, it's actually always a mix of feelings because you think about uh, how much uh, how grateful for you are to have been able to remember so many people's hunger uh, when you fast you know that that's the world we live in that people endure hunger every day all over this country and many countries and so there's always that mixed feeling where God life is beautiful thank God we get to eat food and you and at so the is same, there guilt involved oh no I don't think that's the feeling I think it's just like a, it's kind of almost a feeling of uh, mourning uh, or, while while the, you're enjoying yeah. this beautiful taste in your mouth. That's exactly right, yeah. And wow. it, so Isn't that what life is? Exactly. It's like joy and pain at the same time. You said it right, you said it right. It is. And so it's, I think it's important to like honor the pain, take a deep breath, and then also be joyful and be grateful. Great. Thank you. Enjoy. So how hungry are we? Oh, gee, no, I don't want to eat. Go, get, out of, get off the line. <laughs> get off the line there, Chris. I don't want to eat, I want to devour. So what is that first bite like? I just had it. I had a, a whole falafel. I stuffed it down my throat. Describe it to me. <laughs> oh, oh, beautiful. Just yeah. beautiful. Crunchy. Yeah. Perfect texture, perfect taste. I, I don't care what it was. It was... It's a little put salty. Some, put something solid in your mouth. Wow. This week. Feels good. It feels very good. So you're, you're getting ready to break your fast. How you feeling? Oh, um, Brian. <laughs> I cheated. I had a sandwich yesterday. Oh, okay. All right. But so, you're hungry. Yes, very hungry. And it's been a have long to be day. Eating in company, eating in good company with. Well, yeah, uh, it's very, um, very, very good. Very intense week, and I had a the previous week was as well. Yes. Very, very busy. I've been anxious to be having some quiet time. I've been, I've been uh, just about every day the last two weeks on the street. And today was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good, good end to it. Um, we still have a whole lot to do. Oh, absolutely. We're not. This is not the end. Clearly. Well, enjoy your dinner. Okay. We were just getting Okay, Mark, tell me your story. All right, so uh, I, you know, this is my this is my third fast with uh, Witness Against Torture. I was brought into what, um, and really, I was brought into you know this work, social justice work, by my partner. My partner's Chrissy. I I knew that. <laughs> so back in 2017, this is the year of you know Trump's inauguration, and whatnot. This is my first fast. I think it was about an eight-day fast, so it was actually my longest. And I remember. Uh, you know, leading up to the breaking of the fast, I was saying, that first bite of food that I take, 
I'm, I'm going to I'm going to eat it with with intention, and I'm gonna I'm gonna savor it, and I'm 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 not even gonna eat it right away. I'm just gonna hold that first bite, and I'm gonna sit there. I'm just gonna sit with it, and, and, and really and really feel my my full presence as I take that first bite. And so I'm I'm all I'm all psyched up. I'm all I'm all ready to you know to really to to enjoy that first Engage bite with with the, with the entirety of my being, right? And we get in line, and, and Chrissy points at something, and you know she's got a couple of food allergies, so she says, you know, hey, can you try that for me and see if it's safe? Uh-huh. And you know, I'm, you know, and I, and I do that a lot for her, you know, and I, you know, and I'm happy to. So yeah, sure, babe, no problem. And I, I pick up a bite and I pop it right into my mouth, and immediately I thought, no, <laughs> that was my first bite. <laughs> that was it. And I didn't even pay attention to it. Not at all. <laughs> so did you pay attention this time? Uh, no, I, I, even this time I didn't. I sat down and I picked up a piece of pita bread and uh, one of those instinctive things I do, I just tear up a little piece of pita bread and pop it into my mouth and I, I realize, oh, okay, well, that's it. <laughs> I think it's really hard. You know, in, in uh, Judaism, I'm sure in Christianity too, you say a blessing <laughs> before you eat the bread. Right. And I think that mm-hmm. it's like while you're saying it, you stop because you can't eat before you say it. And that's that moment of engaging the food. Yeah. That yeah. you're talking about. Too many times you just pop it in. <laughs> That's that's yeah, that's pretty that, that really is what I usually do. Yeah. Yeah, we, we don't do we it. don't we don't you know, we don't have meals with, with intention. No. You know, we don't do a lot of things with, with intention, no. I think, with mindfulness. Um, it's it's tough. And I don't think you can do it all the time, but you can it's try difficult. to do it. It's difficult. But yeah, yeah it's uh, yeah, I think fasting is a is a good lesson for for all of us. Of, you know, of being mindful. Of, I, I was watching you through the week, and um, I could see you going through a process. This one was hard for me. Yeah. I, well, you know, we we had been on the road for a couple of weeks already before before coming here. Cause, you know, we went to uh, we went to the border. We actually we drove to the border. We left uh, a couple of days before Christmas. And we went to uh, uh, both uh, uh, the Tijuana, uh, San Diego border. Vacation, and or? then no, we were we were going to uh, check in with partners uh, who are uh, who are volunteering, uh, who are uh, doing support for the uh, the uh, the exodus, the migrant exodus from Central America. Sure. And uh, the main points of entry, uh, it seems that the, that the exodus is going to is uh, Tijuana and uh, Juarez, El Paso. We went to uh, both areas on the border. Spent a few more days, you know, at the uh, at the California border. We, you know, checked in uh, at uh, at El Paso, and you know, and you know, drove straight here. Uh, wow. So I didn't really, I didn't really, you know, mentally and you know, emotionally prepare myself for this fast. You just kind of showed up, and I remembered, oh yeah. We're, we're not going to eat for a few days. <laughs> yeah. So I, I hadn't really, I just kind of had to go right into it. And so I, I don't think that I was as uh, prepared uh, this year as I was. And so I was kind of feeling it. I was kinda... Always glad to be here in community. It's it's funny, you know, every every year, um, in my experience at least, again, you know, I, this is only my third. Um, but I've noticed that, you know, at the beginning of every fast, people come in and everybody checks in and... And somebody always says, you know, it's 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 good to be back here with you all. It's good to be back here, you know, with family, with this community. Uh, I can't believe we have to keep coming back. What, um, yeah, what, what, what happens to, when you don't have Guantanamo? Well, you know, I I think we'll still come back. I think I think one year, you know, we will we'll be able to come back as we always do, as a family, you know, as a community. But we'll come here to to celebrate victory. We'll come here to celebrate the closing of, of the of the prison at Guantanamo, and then we'll move on to the next issue. And there will be one. And we'll and we'll keep coming and we'll keep coming back for that. There's there's always going to be something, but you know we'll we'll always have uh, our community, and so we'll we'll always be coming back. Great, thank you for sharing. With thank you, Alan. Thank Great. you for being here. I really. I thank again. Thank you.